Hello, my name is Ben. My name is Marily. And we are the hosts of the Too Vague podcast this week. How are you, Marily? I'm doing good. I'm doing yeah? good. Yeah, I just had a birthday. So. Oh, well, happy birthday. <laughs> Thank you. Happy 18th birthday or oh, whatever. Oh, thanks. <laughs> You're too kind. <laughs> 29, but. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, last well, year of my 20s, so we'll see what shenanigans happen. You, you know, let me just say that once the 20s were over, the 30s were the best, the best for me, and then the 40s, even better. I, yeah. I gained sort of a wisdom over the course of my 30s and 40s that I didn't have in my 20s. So For sure. I'm so, hoping for that, too. Yeah, um, it'll, it'll happen. And honestly, it helps uh, hearing that from other people oh, yeah. that are older than me and stuff. So it makes me have more of a positive hope. My yeah, exactly. I and sure. honestly, when I was turning thirty and stuff, I had the same sort of perspective. But all the people I knew were of the same age as me, so yeah. no one, there was no one there who could say, "You know what? Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. It's it's you know it's fine. And everything's gonna be fine. Everything's <laughs> yeah. gonna be fine." Let's You're doing better though, right? I'm sorry. You doing? Better? Oh, I'm doing better. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah. Good. Back is all almost a hundred percent healed, so we're good. I've uh, checked out ring-tailed lemur yoga online. <laughs> Apparently, it's Those only available so in Florida. In Florida, we're gonna have to make a trip. To- <laughs> make a trip to Florida. Although, if I'm going to Florida, it'll probably be for Disney World over at oh the ring-tailed lemur sanctuary <laughs> and ring-tailed lemur yoga. I just like saying ring-tailed lemur I yoga. Know. It's an odd. They're so cute too. Yeah, and it seems like they also like naturally are in those poses when they're sitting and things, <laughs> right? So, and if if something like a lemur is inclined to mimic people, I think you could have some funny things going on with the lemurs. But I don't know. <laughs> Just the whole concept of yoga is yeah. a little bit new to me, anyway. Sure. But we're not talking about yoga. That's not our word this week. Not today. It's not our word. Our word is familia. Yes. Yes. Me familia, correct? Yes, familia. No. Okay. It's me. My Spanish is very weak. So it's me familia is my family. Mm-hmm. But is exactly. that, what's the gender of that? Is that uh, family is... La, so that's female, right? Yeah, so it'd be feminine, uh-huh. Okay, so is it, you know what, kind of a side conversation, but with gender... I know. How I was... How is it going to impact language as far as feminine and masculine art Ways to print... nouns mm-hmm. and things? Honestly, that's so funny you brought that up because I was thinking about that yeah. a few days ago. Um, it's, I mean, I would have to get educated on that because I... I wouldn't even. Yeah. It's hard because every word or whatever phrase is either feminine or masculine. And now with like they, them. Right. You know. Right. It's, it, I don't know. It would be hard, I would assume. Yeah. Um, I just have to get more informed about that for sure. Yeah. There's yeah. a couple of, I think it was last month, was it? Latinx. Uh-huh. Yeah. The Latinx her- mm-hmm. heritage now. Yeah. Is that a move just to be inclusive? Because to me, it sounds like Latin American history, it's descriptive enough. Why Why do you have to put a gender into that? Yeah. Because 
if it's celebrating all people with Latin American history, mm-hmm. what's the necessity? Is it trying to bring awareness? Is it what 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 is the what is the purpose? And I don't know if you know this, but mm-hmm. it's like it seems to be the thing that people are trying to do, but I yeah. don't know why. I honestly I would uh, I would assume it's to feel more like inclusive of everyone right. else mm-hmm. and um just you know those you know i guess people that are you know marginalized and mm-hmm. things like that i'm assuming so like i much like the latin american community is in the united states also mm-hmm. partially marginalized I, I would say if you feel like you're uh, um part of a community that's in that you want to be inclusive to mm-hmm. others but i still think the focus should not be on for the sake of, of, of the celebration, it shouldn't be on the gender identity. It should be on the history of, you know, the, mm-hmm. the heritage, right? For sure, and, yeah. and, and when you're doing that, you kind of, my hot take is you're, you're changing the focus. You're, you're not making it about the heritage and where we came from. You're making it about the gender identity. So sure. I, I, I don't, I don't necessarily agree with it. I understand why they're doing it, but mm-hmm. it's it's just something, it's an interesting conversation to be had. It's like, what's the focus of Latin American History Month? Yeah. Or Latinx mm-hmm. experiences? Uh, yeah, I would, ass- I, would, uh, I would assume it's just to feel more inclusive of everyone. Right. Because it's so, like like I said, it's, om- it's so feminine and masculine. Right. Everything, pretty right. much. Exactly. With- Exactly. Yeah. It's that, that way with French too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I would assume it's it's mostly for that and I mean which I respect it as well. It's yeah, just yeah. that's what Yeah, and know. I don't wanna I don't want it to sound like I'm being overly critical. I'm just putting that out there that it's it seems to me that if your focus is people with Latino heritage celebrating their heritage, that mm-hmm. that is not something that you would include in that. But you know, that's just for me. Sure. And that is kind of leading us to family, sort of, you know, because as you mentioned before, uh, your heritage is a big part of your family, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Your father and your mother were born in Mexico when they immigrated here, right? Yes. Uh-huh. And then you were born in the United States. And so as a part of being sort of in different cultures, how were those family experiences, like the holidays are coming up, right? Mm-hmm. What were your celebrations like for your holidays as far as uh, something like a Thanksgiving or a Christmas or, you know, just just holidays? Were they normal? Were they trying to be American or were they Mexican or were they both? I guess a little bit of both because we still did like the big traditional turkey dinner and all that um but what we would do is actually go to my mom's mom's house okay uh my grandma we would go pretty much every year okay we go to her house in mexico and pretty much get together you know get all dressed up and eat turkey right just uh, overstuff ourselves with um the delicious food yeah and um pretty much that's what we did all the time is um go to my grandma's house in mexico and just celebrate there you know like have um all these like corridos which is like just like you know mexican music if if anything okay okay i was thinking it was food but no (laughs) um 
but we you know just making it a a big deal you know because we're family and right. we don't get to do that now as often as i would want right now that we're we all have our own thing going on and stuff so yeah, yeah. um i guess it was a little bit of both yeah, yeah. so does mexico celebrate a thanksgiving or is that a, an american thing mostly i feel like it mostly came from like it's an american thing okay um, so other countries don't Canada isn't celebrating Thanksgiving like yeah. we are. Um, I would assume. And the cynical <laughs> side of me, celebrating a day of conquest. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? For sure. It's it's kind of like and 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 it's kind of clouded in deceit mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, oh, for sure. Getting older, I you know learned the actual like history of right. that, the background and mm-hmm. all that and it's just it's horrible yeah. for sure it's unfortunate and you know as i get older i inform my mom as well right. about all of that and which i know that she has some you know information or just right. some thought of like exactly what happened but yeah. not everything so if a good tradition starts from somewhere like that right Mm -hmm. there there was a place of innocence originally for all of us who were exposed to things like these holidays and didn't necessarily understand the history but that doesn't mean the traditions the turkey and Mm -hmm. and you know like uh, family gatherings and things like that have to focus on that i think we don't take enough time to reconnect with our families and i think that any kind of holiday, even something like Thanksgiving that's sort of steeped in a questionable, you know, origin mm-hmm. doesn't acknowledge that. But the whole point is is family connection. Yeah, you know? for sure. L- let's focus on some of the positives, even though the really it comes horrible, from a negative yeah, very negative, mm-hmm. you know, history. Yeah, for sure. It really does. And it... It opens your eyes, obviously. I know that every country and every, like, you know, all history is history, so you don't right, really right. know exactly. We all, have, we all have ghosts in our, mm-hmm. or, 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 or skeletons in our closets. For sure. In, you know, in our collective country's closets, <laughs> right? Gosh, yeah. So you can focus on the negative, but that's not, you can't go back in time and change history. Yeah. There was a stand-up comedian who did a bit, Michelle Wolf, and she... Had some shows on Netflix. She, I think she started working as a writer on Seth Meyers, Late Night with Seth, Seth Meyers, whatever oh, okay. his show is. Anyway, she has this joke about how she definitely thinks that a woman came up with the, the, the smallpox oh. thing on the blankets. Mm-hmm. She's like, None, you know, all the men are going, yeah, let's kill them all. And, and, and then the woman goes, no, no, let's... Uh, Let's give them blankets. So, anyway. <laughs> and she goes, I like to do all my historical figures as millennials. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Michelle Wolf was very funny. Kind I'll have of to check her out. Off for color. Sure. She had, uh, like, her own show. She has a stand up special. Okay. 
Definitely check out that Washington thing because people were really kind of, yeah, if you look up Michelle Wolf, you'll definitely see the event that conservatives got all uptight about. Yeah. In fact, they said they don't, they don't want to have comedians anymore, but, you know, don't have thick skins, I Yeah, guess. exactly. They don't know what sense of humor is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. We live in a society now where we're offended by a lot of things. For and sure. You yeah. as a millennial... Do you know when that started? When people started getting offended by everything? I mean, because you don't seem like you have that. But whenever I think of people mm-hmm. being incredibly offended, I think millennials and be and slightly, you know, the the next generation. Well, I guess I was a. I'll categorize myself as a little bit ignorant when it comes to that um to a certain extent because i understand uh where they're coming from right and i just unfortunately didn't grow up in that sense where like you know i guess mostly just being being um sarcastic you know and just you not taking it so serious or What about technology? I think technology has a big, big sort of part to play in this whole question. Uh huh. I think with all of that, it's mostly technology driven. Just because now you can pull out your phone and record someone that's being offensive or whatever, or or record your thoughts and throw them out there. Mm -hmm, Exactly, as an influencer or something like that. Or which is, you know, I'm not saying that's a bad thing at all. It's it's actually, you know, being more informed about, you know, your I guess not mannerisms, but just like you know how you speak to certain people, Mm -hmm. or like you can't really, you know, I guess being more. I guess professional or in a way just yeah it's the thing is it's communication that you wouldn't communicate with a human being you you, you know what I mean it's it's a mm-hmm. way to communicate with people that has very little consequence yeah mm-hmm. other than being blocked or being reported or whatever For you can sure. see there there's a part that is people say I'm an American and I can say what I want, blah, 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 blah. But it's not, that's not a function of being an American. It's a function of being human. Yes, exactly. Um, but as a human, you also have to be aware of consequences to your actions. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of people, as far as putting out things and saying things are now feeling the effects of stuff that's been recorded. That's, portraying them in a, in a negative light and then yeah. people get outraged by mm-hmm. that and don't seem to acknowledge that people grow and change yeah, yes there sure. the people there there are things where people don't mm-hmm. but there are instant many instances where they do and they improve themselves so exactly. i think just it's kind of ridiculous because it's like well they did this thing wrong mm-hmm. they're, they're never going to change but yeah. that's but that's not doing anything to correct the situation or even help the situation it's just basically pointing out wrongdoing and trying to being canceled or whatever well yeah trying to trying to to control people Mm -hmm. you know even as a person or in a part of a group so i mean i don't know it's i think it'll all sort itself out at some point yeah but it just seems to me that there are varying degrees of when someone sees something, they they feel outrage. There's a rush of emotion, but you have to not only you know in, in normal interactions, human interactions, right? Mm-hmm. Someone will say something that insults you. 
you have to figure out a way to respond. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. You have a, sometimes you have to respond immediately. Sometimes you don't. Um, Sometimes you have some time to think on it. Mm -hmm. What you want to do is you want to take a step back, think about it, process it as much as you can before responding. Because your first instinct to respond with something emotional often is going to make things escalate. Oh, yeah, 100%. This sort of applies to family, too, mm-hmm. as far as having those conversations with family during holidays and mm-hmm. things like that, right? You get into discussions, and, and certain subjects are off the table because they generate these things. But yeah. it's just a matter of trying to understand where the other person is coming from. And I think that we now think that as individuals, we... It's a, it's a tough nut to crack, whatever it, whatever is going on. But I think part of it is that we don't try and put ourselves in the other person's shoes mm-hmm. and kind of try and understand. We just want, we're offended by something, so we say that we're offended by something. Yeah. And then everyone can join in. And then before you know it, we have a mob. Yeah. And mobs are never good. Yeah, we want to not create a mob for sure and but honest, that's what the internet is yeah. it seems to be you know followers it could be and things for sure 100 percent. you know can. Mm-hmm. yeah and i mean in a way it's it's good to inform people when they're not being so um being more informed of like how you sound or like how you come off as because a lot of people don't know that or like don't understand that concept. But even if I'm doing that to someone in real life, Mm -hmm. I don't say that to them for sure and just say it like you're being, you're being a bitch, Mm -hmm. you know, for sure, Steve, you're being (laughs) a bitch, Steve. I don't say that. I say, you know, maybe I say it in a constructive way Yeah, and because of limits and things, and people who have short attention spans and want the the little bit, the easiest thing is to say that and send it as a tweet, mm-hmm. right? You're a bitch, Steve. Instead of saying, what do you mean by this? Or actually find out what the root of this thing is. Have yeah. a discussion about it, which you can't really do effectively if in a chat room of... Uh, well. I'm thinking in a chat room of a thousand people, right? Mm -hmm. Literally millions of people involved in a tweet could potentially be. So having a conversation with one person in a, in a sea of millions is, is trouble because you can't, you can't address what the issue is. You can't find out why you can try, but usually it's like you get some sort of angry response or at least that's been my experience. I try, Mm -hmm. I try and be reasonable and I, and I can't because one or two people don't want to listen to exactly what I have to say, or at least understand where you're coming from. Right. Mm -hmm. Or try to, right. Mm -hmm. I mean, even if there's a Cheyenne and I got into this a little bit on context, you know, my thought is block them. Mm-hmm. If they if they if they're not trying to see where I'm coming from or even show any kind of like interest or if they're just trolling or trying to needle, mm-hmm. I don't need that. So no, for sure. I mean, you know, I don't do that lightly. But social media is one of those places where it kind of has to be done, or for sure. mm-hmm. you're going to have to deal with that on a consistent basis. All the time, yeah, exactly. You know, social media and things like that. That's kind of a family in itself, a family of humans, a family of participants, Mm -hmm. uh, a very large one. But 
that's not the family we're talking about. No, so sure. maybe let's let's kind of go back to what the word family means to you. Uh, familia, which is in Spanish, family, in Espanol. Mm-hmm. Espanol. Espanol. How do, yes. I, do I say that properly? Espanol? Yeah, you do. Yeah, you sound right. good for Excellent. sure. Excellent. Nadie puede comer 50 huevos. Do you know what that is? Yes. No one can eat 50 balls. No eggs. Oh, but, no eggs. <laughs> <laughs> balls. You are technically, co- you're technically balls. correct. Huevos. No one can eat 50 balls. That's also what it means. <laughs> but yes, it's from Cool Hand God, Luke, the movie Cool Hand Luke, where there, that was a line in it. No one oh, can eat 50 to, eggs. And I'll it definitely was not huevos. balls. <laughs> Not balls. Huevos. Not yeah, cojones. Not, not, not cojones huevos. <laughs> not testicles. Historically, the word familia is a noun, a historical noun, which refers to a household or religious community under one head regarded as a unit. So it kind of mm-hmm. makes sense that, you know, that that's kind of the translation, right? Is that what you, is that the first thing? Like when you think of family, you think of connections with your own family? Yeah, connections, you know, blood. Right. Um... I guess so. Yeah, that's exactly what I think about. And just, you know, being so comfortable around certain people Mm -hmm. that you can never be as comfortable with people that you either just met or are just in your lives for a certain time or whatnot. You have common common origins. You have Mm -hmm. common stories with these these people, better for better or worse. Yeah, exactly. There's no judgment uh, placed on what those things are but it's you know yeah here and there for sure you got your ups and downs with you got family. for sure judgments ups and downs right. like boundaries and right you once like now that i'm getting older i know that i have to have certain boundaries with um, you know some of my family members right. and stuff so right um even just like for me you don't necessarily have to be blood in order to be family it's just for me i consider a lot of my friends family because of the not only like affection but just like the you know conversations that we've had right um the relationship that we sustain Mm -hmm. anything pretty much i feel has to do a lot with that as well being considered family yeah i I mean i I think there are certain subcategories of family too that we we have in our own heads Mm -hmm. something like you know people we work with on a day-to-day basis like the people who i used to work with at the coffee shop would be you know we're at one point kind of a family but Mm -hmm. i still try and maintain connections with and get reconnected with and and then of course you know the people i'm working with currently that's kind of a family unit too Mm -hmm. people that you are in a situation together and whether or not you want to be with those people you have to work together with them to get things done for sure right Mm -hmm. there's not really a lot of control you have of it unless unless you know the manager personally or whatever (laughs) or you're the manager or you are the manager right right for sure hiring and firing your family gosh i'm glad i don't have that job yeah i could i could i could totally fire some of my family members (laughs) i'm not saying i feel like i should and then i would promote some others Nora. Definitely. Nora is definitely one of those ones I would promote. She would yeah. definitely be a higher up in in my management structure. For sure. Maybe something <laughs> CEO. like CFO. CFO. Yeah, maybe okay. CFO. 
Okay. Although she does buy a lot of stuff, so maybe that's not a good idea to have her the chief financial officer. <laughs> Probably not, no. No. CEO would be a little better, maybe. Yeah. More control of the financial perspective. Yeah. I think she's got to do something with with uh, with uplifting people because to me she does that. To me. I don't want to get all mushy, but it's a family episode. It's, okay. it's an it's episode fam- about family. Yeah, exactly. We're supposed to be mushy a little bit at yeah. least. Somewhere. And tell her family stories. I mean, I think I think Nora and I always had sort of a connection, but it's kind of strengthened since my father passed, and we make effort to connect now. Where before we didn't do as much of it, but it's kind of it's really uh, she's a cool person. Yeah. So that's I don't want to make her blush. Because she's the only one listening anyway. But <laughs> Familia for you is just the traditional family and people who are in certain social circles that mm-hmm. that they provide value to your life or provide... Positivity, um, I think, is, has okay. to do a lot with it. Sometimes we, we're not in control of that, right? Mm-hmm. We've got people in our lives that, that, that provide sort of obstacles, but yeah. it's... It's, you know, sometimes those are also something we have to navigate in normal life. Mm-hmm. But, you know. Some things that people, we have to deal with. People you care about, I guess, is yeah. one way to, you know, on some level. No, for sure. 100%. Like, even people that, like I said, that are your friends that right. have issues or, you know, I'm, I'm not perfect. So, I know that I have my issues and stuff like that. And knowing that I could speak to you know my best friends or whatnot right and get their viewpoint yeah and and support sometimes they being straight out with me like you know what you're being a little bit too or some you know not even like that but just being supportive of how i feel and just listening to me i think has a lot to do with um considering you know anyone in your circle or whatever family yeah Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly the word family and the word love mm-hmm. kind of go hand in hand too, 100%, I think. yeah, I think so. Um, there's sort of an unconditional love that a lot of times, I think, if it doesn't occur, it should occur with your family. Mm-hmm. Um, you may have fundamental differences in opinions and things, but at the end of the day, they're still family. Yeah, So, exactly. I mean... You know, I you don't want to give up on them. Yeah, for me at this point in my life, it's not even about giving up. They are who they are. They're they're mm-hmm. my family members, and I care about them on on that level. I'm concerned, but I cannot control them. I can only provide my feedback exactly on mm-hmm. what I think, and then let them do with that what they will. Yeah, because I there's a point at which you've got to make a value judgment as far as cutting off communication but that that shouldn't be the first thing that you think of right no for sure you should you should be willing to try and work with whoever the family member is uh, and, and and sort of things like that you know just explore what the issues are and yeah like anything else if you if they violate your trust you can respond to that in a number of ways personally i've got a very somewhat strict three strikes you're out kind of th- mentality about it Mm -hmm. i mean beyond that it takes a lot to rectify that situation once you've reached your three strikes yeah it's happened people have come back from that it's like you said with boundaries i was about to say that you have to say to a certain extent you always have to just for yourself for your mental health oh yeah well-being Mm -hmm. i feel that is something that everyone should have right like no matter what even if they like you said even if they are family there's only certain things certain like 
conversations to an extent that you could have with them right that even if you try to explain yourself and they don't understand that and still betray your trust right it's hard to come back from that 100 percent. so that's when you set boundaries like all right well at least i know i can't trust them with certain things right i'm just gonna keep them in the surface yeah Yeah. like just mm -hmm. and maybe later i'll try to make my case again about something Mm -hmm. but at this point it's not positive yeah it doesn't it's have just positive gonna, results exactly but. it's just gonna bring negative results and that's when you're like all right well people are always growing right mm-hmm. so so maybe later maybe it's not the time maybe mm-hmm. maybe something you bring up i mean i i know we're talking about this in a very nebulous kind of way but it's a very nebulous sort of thing mm-hmm. it's 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 all about nuance no for sure i i have my personal experiences too with like my youngest sister uh-huh. where Certain things uh, happened in the last couple months where I had to have a conversation with her. And I knew that she was either going to take it the right way and understand where I'm coming from or just take it the wrong way, which I kind of already had a feeling it was going to happen anyways. But I took that chance and I was like, all right, well, I I need to be vocal about this right now that it's right like happening at the moment or Mm -hmm. else if i let too much time pass it's just never gonna it's not the right time to hit yeah exactly or and i and i you know i know that there's a time and a place and i i get that i've learned that through the years there's also when too much time passes like what's the point now right you know so but that's when I have to be more strict with myself. Like, no, you have to do it right now or else it's just going to keep happening. Right. And it's just never going to fix itself. Right. Mm -hmm. There are certain situations too where you never know when a message is going to actually land. Mm -hmm. Sometimes if you keep that message inside, it's never going to land. Mm -hmm. But at least if you say something, there's the potential there yeah and and, and i think that that's 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 worth that's worth it and maybe right now is not the time maybe a week from now is not the time maybe eventually something will happen and that that message will be received we also need to be open to the fact that people can change for the better for worse for sure also life is just a great big balance family or otherwise right Mm -hmm. it's uh I'd say, <laughs> I'd say it's a minefield, but you know what? That's a little too negative. So I'm going to say it's a field full of... Ups and downs. <laughs> big juicy melons. <laughs> Be a big juicy lumpy That's melons. a callback <laughs> to our last show. Definitely. Anyway, no, yeah. 100%. Yeah. It's never easy, but no. sometimes it has to happen. Yeah, and that's true. You have to deal with the consequences, yeah. even if they're negative. Yeah. You know? Or yeah. hopefully, you know, you could just hope for the best and that they're going to be well, positive. See then, yeah, exactly. You can hope for the best, mm-hmm. but that's not always the... Uh, the case. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, one, that's not always the case, but then also there's sort of a, a piece of it where if it keeps on happening, then you feel responsible mm-hmm. because you let it go, right? Yeah, the, you, you let it happen. You got to make the judgment call sometimes Mm -hmm. and also not blame yourself if you determine that it's not the right time to address something that you didn't address it sooner because well that's that wasn't really i mean you made that assessment right for sure yeah and i feel 
like I'm learning learning that, uh-huh. you know, little by little as right. I'm getting older and yep. hopefully, you know, gaining that wisdom. <laughs> well, I think you're gaining wisdom. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I, I think it has to do a lot with that. Um, yeah. Just, you know, being more vocal about your actual feelings or not only particular your feelings, but how you express yourself or right. just you know or think about things uh-huh, exactly right? it just it comes little by little obviously yeah, and yeah. And it's about establishing connections with people too mm-hmm. it's it's you get to know someone and those things will change over time when i think of family i think of the biological classification of things Part of the reason I think of that is because of my father, who was a big nature guy. Mm-hmm. And I think I mentioned before that he and his brother used to always get into nature arguments. Oh, yeah, you yeah. did, actually. Um, mm-hmm. Nora was a little more cultured and just kind of stuck to trivia. So, I mean, <laughs> she, she, she weighed in occasionally, but it was usually the arguments usually were just dad and Tom. <laughs> but anyway, but yeah, that's, that's what I think of partially because of actual family. Are you familiar with the biological classification, kingdom, phylum, class, order, family, genus, species? Are you familiar mm, with that? Did you take any biology me. stuff? Mm, yes, okay. but I no. Don't I have just, it right. You don't have it memorized. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, like for uh, for example, the honeybee is Apis melfera. That's the scientific name. Oh. The genus is Apis. And the species is Melfera. The family is the part before the genus and the species, which is what we think of like canines. Like oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Lupines and felines and things like that. So the binomial naming system was first introduced in a book that was uh, written in Latin called Systema Natura. Carl Leanus. I don't know why I keep on wanting to say Leanus, but it's it's (laughs) Leanus. Yeah, that's a different part of uh, biology. Yes, exactly. That's that we will not discuss. Yeah, let's not (laughs) let's not talk about that. Carl Linnaeus, one of the major works of Swedish botanist, zoologist, and physician, between. 1707 and 1778 uh, worked on that Linnaean taxonomy, which is kind of where the beginnings of classification of life forms sort of began Mm -hmm. and then kept on being advanced upon and advanced upon. Linnaeus was the first to use it consistently through throughout his literature. Other scientists and things used that to to classify and the final like the 10th edition of the book i think is considered the starting point of zoological nomenclature with all the things with kingdom phylum class order family genus species Uh yeah so a little bit of interesting stuff that doesn't have to do with actual family but it's that's what i think of i think of biology i was never good at memorization Mm -hmm. personally so i don't know but i do know some basic things as far as um Orchids, mm-hmm. you know some of some of the different species of of orchids. I can I can recognize them. Oh, cool! But other than that, I'm just not memorization for me was a problem. Yeah. In high school, yeah, I needed I'm the same some, way for I sure. I needed a picture. I needed mm-hmm. something. 
I could interact with or yeah, figure out or uh-huh. puzzle. I have to do it. Yep, exactly. Like yeah. hands-on learning is what I 100% feel yeah. like I am. The other thing, of, the thing I think of when I think of family is, do you know the Pointer Sisters? The what? The Pointer Sisters. No. They were a musical group. Yeah, they did a song mm. called We Are a Family. <laughs> we are a family. Oh my I, I don't gosh, know. Yeah. god damn it. We, we are a family. Oh my gosh, yes. Okay. I got all my sisters and me. <laughs> I got all my sisters and yeah. me. Yeah. Um, exactly. The Pointer oh my Sisters. Gosh, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anita Pointer, Bonnie Pointer, and uh, Ruth. Was it Ruth? Oh, it's Ruth, Issa, and Sudeiko. Pointer. Those are the current members of the Pointer Sisters. Past members, I remember Anita Pointer, Bonnie Pointer, June Pointer. So June, Ruth, Anita had the greatest commercial success in the 80s, and that is one of the ones with Jump From My Love, I Got a Man With a Slow Hand, that song, (laughs) the slow hand song. I'm so excited. Doing the Neutron Dance. That was another one. The, the Neutron Dance was, um, did you ever see the, the movie uh, Beverly Hills Cop? No, I never With watched Eddie it. With Eddie Murphy. No, I never that's a, watched That's a kind it. of a classic 80s mm-hmm. comedy sort of movie. But I remember uh, Pointer Sisters songs being in that movie too. Oh, okay. Gosh, but yeah. Put, yeah. That's on my list for sure of movies oh, to watch. Yeah. I heard it's really funny, too. Yeah, it is pretty funny. Mm-hmm. It's early Eddie Murphy before... Before he became, like, family-friendly? More along the lines of his era when he was doing his stand-up comedy, mm-hmm. which could be really dirty. Um, yeah. And, and, and I don't know how you feel. There, There is an interesting argument that, that occurs on a regular basis about stand-up comedy. Clean versus dirty. And which is better and which is more difficult. And to me, I think it's pointless. It's, is it funny? Is it not funny? Mm -hmm. You know, it's kind of a Seinfeldian viewpoint. Okay, is this thing that's being said funny? Yes or no? Mm -hmm. Whether it's dirty or not, it doesn't have a lot. No, I mean, I feel the same way for sure. I don't personally care if it's dirty or clean or right. whatever yeah. as long as it's funny i yeah. think that's what it has to do yeah. like comedy 100 percent. that's what it has it, fitting within the constraints is if you can if you can do clean comedy mm-hmm. that's fine right um you know like when people think of rodney dangerfield uh they they think of his clean stand-up the stuff that he did on the tonight show in the 80s and stuff they think of that kind of stuff where it's like oh my wife you know just like (laughs) she's so ugly you know (laughs) poor wife no respect no respect (laughs) they think of his clean stuff but his regular comedy was very dirty and then also bob saget he did tv stuff and the tv stuff was clean because you know obviously you've got your your censors and things like that and Mm -hmm. it was funny but it's definitely not representative of his stand-up comedy at large. George Carlin did some stuff that was television-based in his early ages, but a lot of his stuff was, you know, kind of veered into dirty territory. I don't think there's there should be a question as to which one is a superior form. I, I think that's that that that's a moot point. Is does it connect with people? Do people think it's funny? Yes or no? Yeah. If people think it's funny, it's funny, and if people don't, it's not. 
Now, are there some constraints that are interesting when you're doing clean stand-up comedy that aren't in place? Can you make something clean? That's, you know, it's a challenge, but I don't think there's one that's superior to another. For sure. I don't think that there should be even a question or people should say, oh, well, this person is dirty. They can't do clean comedy and clean comedy is superior, which is just a ridiculous thing. Yes, clean comedy has constraints and it's a challenge to come up with that if you are used to doing the other form. I think the shoe would also be on the other foot. I don't think it's like super easy to do dirty comedy. If you're a comedian that's doing clean comedy and you have to do dirty comedy, I think the challenge is there also. It's making it dirty. <laughs> right, exactly. I mean, can you imagine I mean yeah, no one no, no one sure. talks about no one talks about that. Just putting shit and fuck and all sorts of expletives in there doesn't make it dirty. No, it doesn't. It, just, it makes it a little funnier, actually. <laughs> sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. I think instead of an expletive, you can say something like, Zoinkers! See, you laughed at that. Yeah, exactly. You laughed at I, Zoinkers. Yipes! Well, yipes not as good. Zoinkers, but I think it's Zoinkers better. is the winner? Okay. Because <laughs> it reminds you of Scooby-Doo. Oh, Zoinks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My impressions are all very short. And that's my impression of Scooby-Doo is, that's it. <laughs> that's a good one, though, yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. I know who you're talking about right. when you do that. <laughs> Reggie. <laughs> short and simple. That's you <laughs> Ralph. Anyway, so <laughs> that was a weird family, wasn't it? Oh, my gosh, yeah. The, the Scooby-Doo the mystery gang. gang. Yeah, the mystery machine. Yeah. Gosh. They're kind of a an odd bunch. Oh, a hundred percent. You know, you had the couple, and then you had uh, uh, Velma, who Velma. was like the the smarty pants, and mm-hmm. then the stoner. Oh yeah, Shaggy. Oh. And his stoner dog. <laughs> and then after that, Scrappy Doo, which I have oh no gosh, idea why Scrappy Doo. Scrappy was annoying. Puppy oh yeah, power. he was a hundred percent. Yeah. Try and find the one. Cute at the same time. But he was a little hyper. Yeah. He was, he was like, like a ma- little annoying, like. Puppy. He was like Mango. He's kind of like Mango. I'm not going to lie. Annoying as fuck, but cute as fuck. Yeah, yeah. both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Little both. And I would have gotten away with it, too, if it weren't for you meddling kids. <laughs> I know. Why the fuck are they meddling so much? I'm I don't know. <laughs> My question about Scooby-Doo is, why are there so many people wearing masks? That's the, that's the they thing. They knew the pen they just, was going to hit just, They just, just oh, well, maybe that was it. Maybe it was, the, it was a precursor. Uh, to that and ripping their faces off at the end it's kind of strange but it is strange but it was fun to watch at yeah. the same time yeah yeah especially was when that... shaggy would eat like the whole like sandwich <laughs> <laughs> like holy shit dude yeah. well must that... have been a big stoner for you, you know to what? eat it like that listen that transitions very nicely back into our family discussion <laughs> because we are very big eaters do you have any food traditions that you uh, have mm. with your family on, during the holidays, be it uh, during the Thanksgiving, holidays, or, yes. Thanksgiving or, well, or Christmas? Christmas, tamales. I'm actually hoping that I get the days off from uh-huh. like my caregiver job because I wanted to go uh, every, t- every year I try to go at least like for a week and a half or whatever for the holidays, specifically for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, so I could help make the tamales and assemble them and stuff. Cause right. I just, for me, like getting older now, 
I see how much goes into it. Right. Time, preparation. There's a heritage. Holy, yeah. There's a heritage there it's too so and great. a history. Mm-hmm. It's right? a history and it's all like, it's all of that combined and just just how I look at it, it's spending more time with like my mom and my grandma. Yeah. And like obviously my family, but right. it's always the three of us that, you know, do the tamales or whatever. It's just the uh, nostalgia, honestly, of yeah. just like going back you know, to my grandma's house for the holidays and just her house has that comfort that I just, right. I just miss all the time. And, yeah. and it's just really nice to, you know, even if it's not at my grandma's house that we make them, it's, it's at my mom's house, you mm-hmm. know, back in Yuma as well. Like it just depends you know, right. what, where we're at at the time. Mm-hmm. So we just, you know, plan accordingly yeah have but you, it's it's great what varieties do you guys make do you have like a special uh family you know variety that you make that's unique or do you do some traditional yes. stuff like a mix of things like, we, we do a mix of things so traditionally we make um it's like the type of meat that is made with like birria do you know what birria is no it's like pretty much a stew of like a meat stew okay and um it's you just pull apart the the meat um i forget what type of meat it is so it's like is it like a roast or is Kinda, it like a... but it doesn't have like the potatoes or anything like that it's literally oh, okay. just meat. just the meat yeah just and meat. juice so uh-huh and um usually traditionally you eat birria with like uh, cilantro and like onions chopped like on top and just like eat it like that with like cabbage too like chopped okay. up like super finely cabbage or like it's been super popular lately where you have them in tacos you right. know and just eat them or like dip your taco in it and it's just in the delicious. juice yes okay. delicious um but we use that um type of meat for our like traditional Okay. Um, tamales, or we've been making chicharrones. Do you know what chicharrones are? No. Uh, pork pork skin. Okay. Yeah. So like. Um, oh yeah. Pork rinds. yeah no, no, uh-huh. I know pork, pork rinds. Uh-huh. So so okay. We That's make it like that too. Actually, we soak the pork rinds in um like a tomatillo sauce okay and then we put them inside of the tamales oh wow that sounds interesting it's it's pretty good it's interesting it has a it's it's mushy the texture right the texture of course if you don't mind the texture it's delicious i i love chicharrones when they're made um just the way that my mom makes them and stuff like with the salsa and stuff so we we make it like that so do you make the you make those in-house? Like you make mm-hmm. the, the, the the pork rinds, you fry them and all that stuff? Or do you use like store-bought? We like use store-bought okay. sometimes. But if we have like the money, we'll get it to where we'll make it from scratch. Oh, wow. You know, we're like, my grandma is really good about that. She knows how to like, well, my mom does too, like cook it and stuff. And right. prepare it a certain way so it tastes a certain way. Mm-hmm. So good. Um, so so making pork, pork rinds mm-hmm. is kind of an art itself. Like if you make homemade pork rinds, have you had homemade pork rinds and go, oh, these are so much better than the ones that you buy in the store? Mm-hmm. Or is it like a little bit, sometimes it's just kind of like, it's fried. <laughs> it's pretty much fried skin. <laughs> right, right. But I personally like both. Okay. I I think I might like the homemade ones a little, a little better. better. Yeah, just because, yeah. you know, it, it just gives me that like oh gosh it's just it's fresh you know right, so it's right. so much it gives that 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 extra kick of like just flavor flavor yeah. like goodness oh yeah. it's great and then i we also make uh, like the sweet corn 
tamales, yeah. yeah, the ones where you it's just like sometimes you can use pineapples. You don't always have to use pineapples, but it's just sweet. <sighs> so good. <laughs> so let's not talk about pineapples. <laughs> I love pineapple too. You do? Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. What do you think about them on pizza? Oh my gosh. Actually I like them on pizza. Oh, mm-hmm. you are the I, mm-hmm. I you know what I can't have you on the show. I'm anymore. sorry. I'm but sorry. It, it just grew on me, honestly. Oh man. Hawaiian it's pizza. Well, yeah, I guess so, 'cause with the you, with the um What's it called? Ham and right, all that right, stuff. Right, yeah, uh-huh. right, right. It's good like that. I've had it. Have you had it with, I mean, obviously you probably haven't if you don't like it, but with um, bacon instead of um, ham? It's still awful. Yeah, I, I, I just think know. pineapple like doesn't it. belong on mm-hmm. pizza, but I, that's just me. You know, I, I was that type of person for a long time, you know, where I just thought, ew, why pineapples well, in a pizza? It's weird, you know? Well, yeah. But I, I had it, you know, and I tried it and I was like, all right. Yeah, it's, listen, right. it's it's not like the, the idea disgusted me and I didn't try it. I did mm-hmm. try it and then the idea disgusted me. No, for sure, 100%, yeah. And a little fun fact, do you know where Hawaiian pizza originated from? No. No. I don't. Any ideas? I'll give you a hint. It's not Hawaii. I was going to say, I would assume it's not Hawaii because that would be a little weird. But um, Country of origin. Asian? I don't know. No. Canada. Canada? It's a Canadian invention, Hawaiian pizza. (laughs) Which kind of makes sense when you think about it. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's kind of because they get, you know, like the the back bacon and all that Mm -hmm. like stuff. Yeah. Pineapples, I I don't know. I don't know if I would like them in my tamales. Okay, yeah. What about green corn? Do you do any green corn? It's been a long time, but yeah, we used to make green corn tamales too. Yeah, and they usually were sweet too, yeah. The green corn ones Mm -hmm. were really good. The Tucson Tamale Company. Uh Like some of the tamales there are good. It's just for me, it's... um, You'd rather make them homemade. Yeah. I yeah, think so. It's about the connection and more. And the connection and just the taste, I think, because yeah. my grandma and my mom adds, like, certain, you know, um, salsa to it. Right, uh, right. To make it darker, mm-hmm. uh, like, instead of looking, you know, white compared to looking, like, a little orangey and stuff like that. Like, mm-hmm. all of the spices and flavors that they use is just, like, it's not comparable to other things. It's just, that's just how I view it, you know. And is But it? I've had tamales from here that are delicious too yeah, you know yeah i think one of the things that when i think of tamales the actual corn husks on the thing mm-hmm. is that a, does that do something it cooks them you know better and just like it makes the form of it as well okay so like, is it anything with the flavor like do, do, do the flavors get in there or is mm-hmm. it just is it more because my thought had always been that it was more for show and but for now that i think of it maybe to cook because you're mm-hmm. using the actual wrapper yeah right? it's a wrap pretty much to make it uh the form and to cook it mm-hmm. a certain way and stuff but right honest i i don't think it messes a lot with the flavor personally okay. like how i don't know if you ever heard of the i think they're brazilian or i'm not entirely sure but like the banana leaves that they use for oh like, yeah so banana leaves actually do give a little bit oh, more yeah. flavor and yeah. i don't like that flavor yeah. actually yeah the flavor is it's almost too powerful yeah i don't like um, it at all actually. i remember i went to um my 
I don't know what relations are in family. Speaking of family, this is a family show, and I don't even know how to describe these people. My 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 stepmother's niece. I went and visited her and her husband in New York when I was younger, back in the nineties, and we went to this place, and they had satay. Are you familiar with satay? It's a it's a Thai dish that's oh, no. skewered meat I feel and like grilled. I've, yeah, I, I don't think I've had it, but... Usually serve it with peanut sauce. It's mostly pork. Oh, it's okay. really... Oh, so good. It's really tasty. Mm-hmm. If you find a good Thai place, definitely have the satay. But this was kind of a fusion sort of restaurant that did... It was Thai and sort of with a Polynesian sort of twist to it. Ooh. So they had... I had salmon that was wrapped, cooked and wrapped in a banana leaf along mm-hmm. with some of these interesting satays. And yeah, that's one thing I noticed. The, the banana flavor was so powerful. Mm-hmm. It was one of the restaurants Megan and Bob took me to while I was in New York. It was really cool. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. That was my ill-advised sort of going to New York just to meet some girl who I met on AOL. <laughs> AOL. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, good old times. Yeah, the good old days. <laughs> but it was fun. I got to experience New York, and it was really great. And oh, that's so, cool. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, so yeah, tamales. Yeah, so yeah, tamales are do, just do, delicious. Do they make a mole tamale? Like, I've never put mole had one. I do love mole. Like, yeah. uh, that's one of my favorite um, dishes, too. Right. It's not for everyone, and I yeah. get that. No, no, it's not. Um, But it's, I don't think I've ever had it in a tamale. Yeah. I, I feel like that'd be good, though. I, I think it would, yeah, that's not. what, I, I don't know why it popped into my head, mm, but I yeah. thought maybe uh, some, some some sort of a, a mole. Mole tamale, nice. <laughs> mole tamale. Mole tamale. <laughs> mole tamale. <laughs> i got to say it in my silly American <laughs> accent. That's a okay, anyway. brother. That sounds like a good concept, though, of uh, so mixing dishes. We went from pointer sisters to tamales. <laughs> oh, family dishes. Yes, yeah, family and dishes. family traditional mm-hmm. dishes, but tamales. tamales. Is there another yeah. one? Um, I really like just in general, like birria. Okay, is what you know the meat that we use for yeah, yeah. the inside of the tamale. Right. Um, traditionally, I just you know every time that I guess when I go visit um to Yuma. My mom always asks me, oh, so what do you want, you know, to eat this time? I always say birria. Yeah. It's just so fucking good. Yeah. And, There's uh, the family family delicious. dishes are really kind of an interesting sort of thing because mm-hmm. some of them come from tradition and some of them just happen. Mm-hmm. Some of the things that I remember my mom used to make um, and, and regular things like there, there are these family dishes that would come around only during the holidays, mm-hmm. you know, like. My grandmother, um, who I showed you a picture of, Grandma Chuckmas, she used to always make mincemeat pies uh, for like this, you know, this spiced mincemeat that, you know, it it was kind of a fruity sort of fruitcake-ish kind of consistency um, along with, you know, it was during the Thanksgiving, but it was always, there was always a pumpkin pie and a mincemeat pie and every at every function and they always had little turkeys on them little turkey <laughs> cookies but anyway oh, that's cute. and then nora used to have like a, a get together it was kind of a smorgasbord kind of thing she would spend a lot of time preparing all sorts of holiday dishes during the holidays that so it was something cool. that she really just enjoyed cooking and mm-hmm. the family time also and we'd get together and we'd play well 
we get together and she would win Trivial Pursuit, essentially, <laughs> is what it would work out to. That's so you funny. Know? We never get we never get dad to play, but whenever he did play, he would always either he would win or come close. So, oh, cool! Because he's a smart dude. Mm-hmm. I think of those. That's like a holiday tradition that I think of. I also think of my father. One of his personal ones was during the Christmas time. Marzipan. Do you know marzipan? It's almond paste, but oh, they okay. make it into little figures. Like oh. if you, if you at, at your place of employment, if you've ever had the croissant that's filled with this almond. Oh, oh that's what that is. Yeah, it's, the inside it's of it? That, the inside of it is that, but it's a different consistency that's moldable. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. So it's based on that. So you had a masapan. Is that yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. Marzipan. Okay, okay. okay. Mm-hmm. Masapan. <laughs> is that what you call it? I call it marzipan, and you call it masapan, masapan which yes. is how you pronounce it in Spanish. It's oh yeah, I love almond that paste. Kind of, yeah, know. and it's like little molded things, mm-hmm. and they have like things like coins, and it's a very hol- it's a steeped in holiday tradition kind of dessert thing. Oh, okay. Every year, my stepmother will send me. She used to buy these containers for a while. There, she would send me like the little marzipan figures, right? Mm-hmm. Well. Now she just cuts to the chase and she just sends me these almond paste containers that have a big, it's almost like, you know, like a pint of ice cream sized of just, of just almond paste in it. Ooh. Oh. And she'll <laughs> Actually, send me that like, really good. <laughs> yeah, she sends me like two or three of those and I'm, I must be developing some sort of diabetes or oh, something. Oh no. Because <laughs> I it's usually. it's only during the holidays. It's okay. only during the holidays. Yeah, so good, general, and I generally don't <laughs> eat a lot of super sweet stuff. Yeah. Most, of, most of my sugar comes from fruits. But, oh, cool. But anyway. That's good. But yeah, the, the almond paste is another one of those family traditions that's just mm-hmm. kind of like during the holidays that I remember. That's cool. But what I was going to say also as far as family, it's not necessarily just holidays. Some things that were signature dishes that my mother would make. I have three that come to mind. One, which is baked macaroni and cheese, but it was the most simple dish in the world. She would make the macaroni, she'd throw it in a baking dish and cut up some Colby cheese and mix it in with the just cooked cooked. macaroni Mm -hmm. and then throw in um, sometimes like a can of canned tomatoes and then bake it. That's all it was, was just macaroni, cheese, tomatoes, put in the oven. It's like Mm. super simple. You get these long cheese poles. It was super cheesy, oh, but it was that so sounds good. really good, actually. Very simple. She also used to make this thing called, well, we called it spinach stuff, but it was like a spinach souffle that involved all sorts of different. You could use fresh spinach, and that's what I would use personally, but she would use the frozen. Oh, okay. Because it's easier, you know, mm-hmm. you just unfreeze it and stuff. And since it's all going into a souffle, it, you know, it still cooks together. Yeah. It still cooks mm-hmm. together. But it's like that and like three or four different kinds of cheeses. And then you throw some nutmeg in there and just this cheesy, spinachy souffle. Kind of like, like a spinach artichoke dip. Sort of, except without the artichoke. artichoke. Yeah. Ooh. It's just, just spinach and mostly just spinach and a whole bunch of cheeses and, and nutmeg on it. And it's just like, Oh, so delicious. Yeah, that sounds good, Very, actually. Even with the nutmeg. It's yeah. a little different, but yeah. it sounds yeah. good. It yeah. kind of gives a little spice to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The last one was uh, cheap meat. 
cheat meat. Which is very similar to what you're talking about with your little roast. What the, it kind of came to mind when you were saying about that with the was it birria? B- birria. B i r r i a. Like beer, except uh-huh. birria. Yeah. Birria. Birria. Mm-hmm. Okay, I can't roll my R's, That's so okay. please excuse me. I have to say <laughs> birria, just to fake it. It's sort of like that. It's made in a crock pot, and mm-hmm. what. We call it the cheap meat because that's what it is. You go to the grocery store, you buy the cheapest cut of meat, you throw it in the crock pot, and you leave it there overnight. You put your spices in, she'll put like bay leaves and some Ooh. garlic, and she put some carrots chopped up and some potatoes, and sometimes rutabagas sometimes, but mostly just potatoes, carrots, and the meat, mm-hmm. and let it all cook Ooh. in a day. And then have cheap meat. And that's what we would call it. <laughs> we didn't have a name for it other than that because that's exactly meat. what it was. It mm-hmm. was the cheap meat. So oh, our favorite dishes delicious. were those. Or at least mine were. <laughs> yeah. So do you have any like family dishes independent of the holidays that you think of? Like that's like a signature dish for your family? Ooh. Well, I personally really like my. I know this is not. A, really big dish but uh my mom's like homemade potato salad oh okay i love that and and it's just you know potatoes really fine chopped celery Mm -hmm. uh you know mustard uh mayonnaise salt and pepper yeah uh some egg in it too um hard-boiled eggs right and just even that, I just love. I always request that too. Honestly, yeah. that's one of my favorites. And that's a family. Yeah, that's one of those picnicky kind mm-hmm. of family things. That yeah, we make it during the holidays yeah. too. Uh huh. Yeah, that's and that's cool. Recently, uh, within the last like three four years, I guess Paul has been making this really good like stuffing. Oh, okay. That he makes for you know Thanksgiving time and. Does he make it out of gosh. bread or does he make it out of uh, potatoes or well, like bread, what? Bread actually, yeah. Okay. He gets the um, store bought bread, you know, that comes in a bag, right? The, the little like kind of crouton looking ones, right? Or or the kind of like breadcrumb looking ones too, right? He mixes both, and he mixes it with like uh, turkey sausage. Oh wow. Um, apples fresh Mm -hmm. apples cranberries uh he sometimes either does the you know the sauces the the turkey sausage or like pieces of like whole sausage okay okay and just um chops them and stuff so it's a so it's a sausage bread stuffing it's combo oh my god delicious and he puts like rosemary fresh rosemary Uh, oh god yeah like that's probably on my top like favorite is that a family thing that's passed down to him or no was actually it... he found the recipe on the internet oh yeah uh-huh. so and he just tweaked it up a little bit yeah. with his own you right know, but his own it, flourishes yeah and he's become a really good cook like yeah. within the last few years that we've been together and that's a yeah that's gosh, a thing too delicious yeah they're like signature dishes mm-hmm. right that kind of sometimes turn into family yeah. dishes one of the things that i make i make these really okay so I've got my weird ass quesadillas, mm-hmm. which I'll make. Which I put there's this chopped up garlic, like the squeezable, right? Because mm-hmm. it's like I could do it every time with the garlic, but it just takes so long and, yeah. and stuff. And then there's also one for ginger. So I put a line of this squeezable garlic, a line of squeezable ginger, throw some fresh spinach, and these are on two tortillas. Mm-hmm. 
throw fresh spinach on there and then cut up some cheese, put that on the next layer and then cover it with the two more tortillas. Ooh. And I have this giant weird ass quesadilla Ooh. and I melt it and it's that delicious. That sounds pretty good. Yeah. yeah. But the other thing that I think of as a signature sort of dish that I came up with when I was in college was I make a very um, interesting sort of tuna salad. Ooh, okay. I love and my, my secret my secret is curry. Just a Ooh. little bit of curry. It gives it a weird color, a mm-hmm. weird yellow color, but it also gives it a really delicious spice. Ooh. So, I do yeah. like curry, like yeah. in general. You can you can mm-hmm. overdo it with the curry, but I think if you just put a little pinch mm-hmm. in there, it, it just gives way. it a little bit yeah, it just gives it a little bit of a, a little bit of a bite that it doesn't have. Ooh, okay. You know. So anyway. That family dishes. Good. Do you have anything else you want to talk about family-wise before we move on to video games? <laughs> we can't forget about video games. Oh, no. We're not going to forget about video games. Um, I guess, you know, for me, like I said before, family has to do a lot with people that care about you, love you, show right. it to you. Unconditionally. And, yeah, exactly. And in ways that you never could imagine yeah. possible. And especially when you lose family members. Oh, yeah. It's just, it hits extra hard for sure right. because you can never find that same energy in anyone else. Right. So it's... It's, it's a unique energy. Yeah, it is. And but I, but at the same time, you're if you're always open to meeting new people, you mm-hmm. can find... You're never going to have exactly that person in your life again, but you're going to meet other people and you're going to find connections in other people too. So it's, but it's, yeah, it's when it's gone, it's very sad. It's how you hold those memories, I think. A little, yeah, a little more, like a little closer at least for me. Um, I just, you know, in general, just, you know, consider certain people that aren't actually, you know, related to me or anything like that can be the strongest ones because just kind of meet in yeah in like the strangest of places or in the most random times and and you can and if you can still be yourself with them yeah. i think that's the best we often think of biological you know hereditary you know like a family but mm-hmm. there are families that develop holistically outside of that and a family's got to start somehow and yeah, what does exactly. it start it starts with human connection mm-hmm. right I got a story about Christmas. Okay. My very first console. It's it's uh, it's going to be on the on the picture for the episode. I would say I was probably like eight, nine, ten, somewhere around there. Okay. And we knew Mom didn't want us to have an Atari twenty six hundred. She reluctantly would take us to the arcade, you know, oh, and okay. we would go to the arcades and play arcade games and, and we would do that and play pinball and things like that. And she mm-hmm. was okay with that, but she didn't want to get a video game system in the house um, because she was afraid we wouldn't want to go do other things yeah, outside. Yeah, like outside just, stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, that we would stick in front of the television. She had very strict rules as far as watching television. We weren't going to get an Atari 2600. And then Grandma, her mother, Adam and I, we sort of hatched a scheme, I guess. It was sort of a... What we did was we we witnessed my mom and her mom being at odds and arguing and stuff like that on Mm -hmm. many occasions. It wasn't anything horrible. There was some tension there, right? And, you know, she always knew best or the other always knew best or whatever. So Adam and I 
came up with this sort of plan where what grandma would ask us what we wanted and we would say that we wanted an Atari 2600, but mom wouldn't get it for us. So she could get us like pants or, or, (laughs) or something like really pedestrian. Right. So it's like, Oh, you know, so we really kind of hammed it up. And I, and I like to think that had there been an award for, for best performance, uh, by a child actor that night, (laughs) I would have gotten that award. Um, (laughs) And we just did it, and we didn't think anything of it because, you know, whatever. Yeah. And then when Christmas rolled around, and she came in, and she had this big box, and that big box had an Atari 2600 in it, boy, were we happy. (laughs) And mom was I was going to say, mom was pissed. Uh, She wasn't (laughs) pissed. She was just like... What are you going to do, right? Mm-hmm. It, she can regulate that like she'd regulated the television. For so, sure, yeah. So what we ended up doing was, you know, and we were so active anyway, it wasn't, the, the video game part, it wasn't like we were sitting in front of it for hours and hours and hours like people do today. We had sort of a short attention span and the games were short. So once we got done with the game, it's like, okay, well, what do we want to do now? We want to go play another game like that was a manual one or go outside and climb trees or whatever. So it wasn't, it was never an issue for us. Yeah. But I mean, that's one of the most memorable family get togethers. I remember was getting Atari 2600 for the first time. And then we amassed a large collection of Atari cartridges (laughs) But yeah, that was like the first video game. And Atari is sort of a video game family of consoles that died out with the release. Uh, I think the last Atari home console was, I believe it was the Atari Jaguar. Okay. When I think of consoles, I think of families of consoles. And Mm -hmm. that would be basically like the different manufacturers, right? So Atari, an old one that died out. Uh, Sega, old one that died out. Nintendo flourished. Nintendo mm-hmm. is still around today. Sony started in like the mid nineties. And that's from that comes with from PlayStation, right? Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sony PlayStation. I remember going to a concert in Chicago in the early nineties where they had as a part. It was like one of these shows where you had multiple acts all playing together. You know, a lot of local ball that mm-hmm. all playing. Honestly, I, I think Local H was one of the people that were there. That's that was that's more notable now. They're a sort of a grungy kind of band. Mm-hmm. We saw the shows, really cool. But one of the things that they had there was someone from Sony, the the very first PlayStation, there to you know play. And it was you know we play fight games or whatever, or whatever the uh, some sort of thing with animals fighting against each other. I don't yeah. Know. But it was, it was, you know, things were getting close to emulating what you see in the arcade. It was getting closer at that point. You know, like the graphics were starting to get pretty impressive. Yeah. What sort of uh, families of of games or, or of game systems do you remember? What systems were present in your household growing up? What game systems or were there any? Yeah, there was actually. There was a few. Um, my oldest brother, Leo, he had like the Nintendo, the NES. Yeah, I remember he the had NES. That one. 
Um, Spent my paper wrap money to buy that one. (laughs) I know. And Paul, I think, has it too. Yeah. Actually. Does he still Um, have his? I think so. He does. I think he said he does uh, somewhere in the garage, he said. Interesting. Quote, unquote. Yeah. (laughs) Um, He also had the Super NES. Uh And then the the 64. The 64. And then my... Youngest brother Ernestito, he had the um, the DS. Okay, I remember the DS. Yeah, as the well. DS was pretty cool. Mm-hmm, the Wii. Yeah, uh, he had actually the PSP too when it came out, and then my oldest brother as well. He had the PlayStation when it first came out. Okay, uh, I think the first one and the second one. I'm not entirely sure. Okay, um, but honestly, my older brother. As much as I love him, he was a little bit of a, you know, he was a little strict, I guess, with his stuff. And oh, a little so bit he didn't let you, asshole, he didn't let yeah. you, yeah, he didn't let you play the games? No, no, not really. So I would actually, like, sometimes uh, sneak into his room and play them. Oh, wow. Um, And he would get even more pissed that well, I would course, do that, right, but, because right. I would, like, you know, mess up where he left off or whatever. Right. But I would try not to do that. I just, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. So I would just, you know, play because it right. was there. But it wasn't a family system. It was basically your brother's system. Yeah, and that's all it was. It. Yeah. He would play with like his friends and his like, and my cousins, my boy cousins, but he would never play with me, hmm. which sucked. But um, I mean, I'm, I'm a big like, mario kart you know person oh, okay. now so i play that a lot so, on my phone so when did you okay so is that when you when you started video games or playing video games with with any kind of frequency it mm-hmm. was mostly with phone games is that is yeah, that essentially I what guess it is so. that's what it was yeah. it started with like playstations um because i played like the tony hawk game oh, okay stuff, like growing okay. up a little bit because he had that game right and i was like oh tony hawk that's cool he's a skater right you know whatever and so I would sometimes play it as well, you know, obviously behind his back. But um, yeah, that would I, I believe that was on the PlayStation Two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So I would play. That's when I really first started, I guess, mostly playing, um, because with the like Mar- Mario Smash Bros. No, Smash Bros. is something different, right? It's a Super Smash Brothers. Is Super Smash Brothers? That is a, a series where you're fighting against other other characters, other people, mm-hmm. right? I just recently played that one, Smash okay. Brothers, actually, okay. for the first time, and I thought that was pretty sick. Like, yeah, it was really it's, it's, cool. Yeah, it's uh-huh. fun. It's been a big. Uh, it's been a big thing for uh, probably. I, I want to say this since the '64. I think is when oh, it really? came out. I'm not sure, but. Okay. But yeah, they have different iterations as they've gone forward. Mm-hmm. Every one of the consoles that they have. Yeah. Do you have a Switch or no? No, I don't. But I, we're talking about maybe getting one to play uh, Mario Kart, obviously. Yeah. No, or, Mario Kart is good on it. Yeah, they or, got a lot of good games. Mm-hmm. Or uh, what was the game that we were talking about last time? Um Animal Crossing. That's Animal the, Crossing. Yeah, yeah so it's the one that your friend is. Yeah, yeah, she. Yeah, for sure. She showed me the couple times that I've been over there, and yeah. it looks so much fun, so much more fun on the, on the Switch. Harvest Moon. That's the other one I was. Harvest saying. Moon. Harvest yeah. Moon. Yeah. Uh-huh. So you can play Harvest that's Moon right. on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are a lot of really. It sounds like that. That's the system that if you want anything having to do with a Mario Kart or the Nintendo franchise, if that's where you're, um, you know, where you the games that you like or those mm-hmm. types of games perfect that's yeah. great there, there are a whole bunch of different games like pokemon snap is a, is a game that i always thought was kind of a fun concept where 
it's it's Pokemon, but it's not a Pokemon game. Mm-hmm. It's you go through basically on a rail and you look around your environment and you have to take photos of the different Pokemon and you can throw things out to coax certain ones out, but the yeah. whole game mechanic is you're taking photos. So is it like the Pokemon Go like that? No, no. Oh, okay. Pokemon Go actually is is more of a Pokemon game where you are actually raising and fighting your your Pokemon like okay. traditionally, like you would in the actual one. But that's the other thing too. You've got a whole bunch of Pokemon games available on that as well. Okay. Pokemon Go is an augmented reality kind of thing where you're walking through your environment and also finding and capturing them mm-hmm. and and training them at your local mcdonald's or <laughs> yeah. whatever but anyway I know that there's like hot spots and hot yeah yeah spot. we can wrap up this family episode even though we didn't really talk too much about our video game families we did talk a little bit about it and we yeah. made the determination that you should buy a nintendo switch definitely i or sorry we made the determination that paul should buy you a nintendo paul, switch maybe i would like a nintendo switch for christmas please. if if you if you haven't heard it <laughs> The other thing I wanted to talk about really quickly for families is yeah. cross-play. So one thing as far as diversity through systems, there are games that are available to play across platforms. And one of those things I know that Paul used to play soccer cars. Or, I mean, um, <laughs> Rocket League. Rocket League. <laughs> um, <laughs> and he plays that a lot. But there are certain games now that will allow you to play across systems. Oh, like if someone has a, the Xbox? Correct. Oh. Yeah, cool. someone has the Xbox, someone has a PC, mm-hmm. someone has a PlayStation 4, but they can play along with each other, so thus mm-hmm. broadening the family. Yeah. Now, that is not a common thing. That's um, what Paul was telling me a while back ago when it wasn't a thing. Because right. he wanted to play with like certain people, so certain like coworkers and stuff, Yeah. but they had the Xbox, so they couldn't mm-hmm. play but now, until recently, right? Yep. That's when they changed it? Yep, they, they did it recently. I think... Honestly, I think there was something with Rocket League where one time they accidentally turned it on for the PlayStation 4, Mm -hmm. accidentally released it, and it was available for a little while when it shouldn't have been. Yeah, yeah. He actually paid it during that time. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty (laughs) funny. But now that seems to be the stand. Any game where you play something like that, they're trying to broaden the base and allow that. But there's still certain games. Like I know Paul has talked about playing Warframe before, Mm -hmm. and that – I don't think that's available because of the way that they have their servers, you know, set up. It's not, it wasn't designed to go into that environment. There has to be a lot of retrofitting in order to get it to work that way. So they have separate servers for each one of the, um, you can also play on the switch actually. They've got a switch version of Warframe. So if you ever want to learn about that, uh, and Paul doesn't want to teach you, I'll I'll let you know about (laughs) it because it's really super complex. But anyway, that's an interesting thing with families crossing yeah. is like certain games, you know, doing that. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I think so, it, it does broaden like all of that. Yeah. The I want, family. <laughs> I want I want to get a Switch at some point, but yeah. I don't know. It's got to take a special game to do that. For and sure, it's not yeah. quite there. Bayonetta 3 is the closest, but it's still not being released. I can tell you about Bayonetta later. Okay. If I haven't told you about it before, but it, it's a it, it's a character that's an angel killing witch that her entire suit is made out of her own hair. No, I didn't know. I didn't think <laughs> I could what the fuck? <laughs> exactly, exactly. That is exactly that is the correct response. So on that note, uh, let's go Love ahead that. and close the show. Any final thoughts? Spend time with the people you consider your family. Yeah, ones, you know, you never know when they're. 
not going to be available anymore. Right, so. right. Enjoy your time Enjoy with your family. Your Enjoy time. your time. Yeah. Have a wonderful holiday season. Eat tamales. Don't, eat tamales. <laughs> don't drink the pumpkin spice because it's gross. <laughs> Thank you for joining us this week. My name is Ben. My name is Marily. And we've been your hosts. Take care. Bye. Goodbye.